Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of The Career Couch with Dr. Carol and Friends, where our goal is to always support you in your career and reaching your full potential. We're so happy that you have joined us. We're returning today with my good friend, Ms. Angela Adams, who's a technology professional, on Part 2 of the topic of living your best life when life is crazy demanding. Uh, thank you, Angela, for continuing this conversation. Thanks for having me back, Carol. In episode one, we talked about the really the internal part, the self-reflective part of identifying what your best life looks like. And so if you haven't heard that, please check out episode one. But let's now talk about uh, external factors in episode two. And we talk about external factors. We're talking about you know, children, spouses, bosses, and just just life and how do you balance life and how do you achieve your best life when you have a spouse or children or elderly parents? Because many of us are sandwiched between, you know, our children and our elderly parents or put yourself first when you're trying to live your best life. That's hard, as you know, Carol, you know, just all the balls in the air that you have sometimes. Uh, I think what might work the one week doesn't always work the next week. <laughs> um, you know, there's plenty of blocks, like you say, whether it's uh, the children and the time that they need, you know, growing up. And it's funny, I always thought kids needed more time when they were younger, but they definitely need a lot more time in middle school and high school. I will tell you that. Um, but you know, I think part of the blocking is people can block your schedule, but it's really up to you to block them. And that's what I haven't always been as good at. And I've been really working on that to, you know, make my sacred time so that I've got my time versus, um, always giving because it's a lot easier for me to give than take. If I think about it, probably I'm usually at the end of the line <laughs> when it comes to time, you know, um, you've only got the 24 hours a day and you've got to make the best of it. Each person I think is different. You know, uh, children have certain needs. I think your spouses obviously have needs and trying to, you know, be a part of the relationship is so important having a strong relationship, because I think through that strong relationship, it helps you with all the other parts of it. Because if, if you've got a really strong partner, um, hopefully you can ebb and flow. So if I can't be here, you're taking care of the child while I'm taking care of my parents and, and vice versa. And for a number of years, my husband's recently retired, which is really nice. And that makes a huge difference of one less ball in the air of taking care of things. But my parents live five hours away from me. They're in their 80s. And there's times when I just need to drop everything and go. So being able to manage, um, you know, children at home, taking care of the dog, different things like that is huge. Um, I think the other part of it is like at, at work, obviously, I work full time job. And just trying to figure out where the really important parts of my job when I have to be there and when can I manage around it? Um, meaning that if I can actually, you know, work four hours in the morning, I'm a great morning worker. Then I don't feel like I'm blocked as much when I'm taking care of it. I'm just taking care of it at different times. Does that make sense? It does. Um, so that that's a huge part, having a flexible job that I can actually, because I do work from home, that I can get my hours in, get everything I need to achieve there, 
done, but maybe not at the times. And there's plenty of times I'm up at 3 a.m. just because I have quiet time and I can get things done. I can focus and knock out a lot more work, but still know I can go to an assembly at school if I need to at 11 o'clock. So it, it really comes down to not, you know, people can still block you, but if I manage myself better and manage my time better, then I don't feel as blocked. Does that make sense? It does. And I think you said, a, you know, a very key thing and you talked about support. And what I heard you say is, you know, it's having the support of the spouse, having the support really of the job. And I think, you know, many employers are, you know, coming to the realization that if you take care of your employees and provide flexible opportunities for employees, they actually become more productive employees when their, you know, their home life and their, you know, their everyday life needs are met. And so I, I hear you say, you know, support from the employer, but also support from, you know, family members and support from your spouse as well. And I think that is, that's very key. And I think even in my own life, when I think about living my best life, I certainly would not have been able to accomplish a lot of what I've been able to accomplish without a supporting, you know, spouse. And you really need that. And not that you have to have a spouse in order to have your best life. That's not what I'm saying. But if you have a spouse, I think it it's a lot easier if that spouse is supportive of what you're trying to do, because it just makes life a little easier because everybody's moving in the same direction versus having a spouse that is going in one direction and you're going in another direction. That's very true. And even when you have a spouse, like in the early part of our marriage, both of us traveled a hundred percent of the time. So there were different types of stresses because it He's gone and I'm trying to travel, trying to find daycare, trying to find someone that's going to take care of the child, get them from point A to B. It's really, really stressful and it's hard to live your best life when you're 3,000 miles away and the babysitter doesn't show up and your husband's in, I don't know, Timbuktu, you know. So it's really hard whether you're married or single. There's been, I think, you know, going back to part of your best life, you know, I've, I've had a great life. I've had a great marriage. And it makes me also appreciate more how hard single life is with children. I, I can't even imagine trying to work a job, have a child and all these things and never have the support or have um, time for yourself or a break and being able to have really super support groups. That, that's It's just really, really super challenging. And I'm, I'm grateful that I have had a lot of this, but it still isn't easy. It's hard when you're trying to manage those different things and and be successful and, you know, full-time job and everything else that goes along with it, you know? It really is. And I think, you know, especially now where, you know, like you said, your your parents are in their 80s. You know, my mom is, you know, in her 80s. And, you know, I recently lost my father a couple of years ago. And again, my much like you, my parents are, you know, several hours away. And so, you know, trying to be there, support them in terms of, you know, just my presence and making sure that they know that I care about them and that I'm in their life from a distance and check in on them and then trying to live 
my best life here in, you know, North Carolina, it becomes challenging. And it's how, how do you, how are you in two places, you know, at the same time? How do you give a hundred percent of you when you have to be in two places at the same time and you realistically, you cannot be in two places at the same time. And so I think that it becomes, you know, challenging, but again, I think having supportive people in your life. And I think you mentioned this in episode one, you know, great friends in your life that can support you and encourage you, help pick up some, some of the pieces along the way, people that can motivate you. I think all of those things are very helpful when you have, you know, children, spouses in a job, all of those things that factor when you're trying to get someplace or you're trying to achieve something that is very difficult to achieve when you have, as you said, so many balls in the ear and you're responsible for not dropping any of those balls. And I think that's a great analogy that you mentioned in episode one. Yeah, it's hard. And you know that um, saying it takes a village to raise a child. It's really true. Um, It takes a village to take care of elderly parents too, (laughs) when you're not down the street from them. Um, But, you know, it's, it's that village that, you know, that you can call upon when you can't be there. Like with my parents being five hours away in Virginia, I'm very fortunate that I have a sister that lives nearby them. But, you know, just like when you're, you know, it's funny for me because of my parents and some of their challenges, health challenges, and with Ashley trying to find care for both of them, (laughs) very different care. It was a very stressful thing. Um, My sister was smart enough, uh, God bless her. Um, One of the things that we did, my mom is um, wheelchair bound, and she um, obviously sits most of the day, and we would have my father still working in his 80s, which is crazy. But um, my mother, we would have to have help come in with my mother during the day. And one of the great things that we did, which has been a blessing, is my sister got like a little Nest camera that sits in the living room. So I can always see how she's doing. I can check in on her. Um, For my sister especially, she can always see if the people that are helping her arrive on time so they can get my mom out of bed. Um, So that just lowers the stress level a little bit that you can at least see them know what's going on. I think that's a really helpful thing. It's been great for me being five hours away. One of the things, you know, as we're talking, Carol, we're going through this whole COVID crisis. And one of the positives that have come out of that for me is I've called my parents every single day because just in the hustle and bustle of everyday life, I'm stopping now at nine o'clock every night. I call them. We maybe talk for five minutes, make sure they took their pills for the evening. And it's just good to hear, you know, before I go to bed at night, I know that they're healthy and happy. And it's something that I know that I will continue doing even after this crisis is over with. So that's, you know, just another good thing that's come out of a bad situation like we talked about before. And I'm sure living your best life includes, you know, taking care of your parents and making sure that your parents are healthy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, that's not always easy to do because they don't eat nearly as many vegetables as they should. (laughs) What did you have for dinner? Grits. I'm like, is that all? (laughs) Well, I'm glad there isn't a Nest camera in my kitchen. I'm not a big vegetable eater either. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) 
<laughs> but you know, but you know, when you think about it, even from an employer perspective, do you think that there is more that employers can do to help employees achieve their best life? Um, absolutely. Now, you know, I'm very, very fortunate. I work for a technology firm in San Francisco. It's one of the best places in the world to work. And, you know, that wasn't happenstance. Uh, our company takes a lot of time to value their employees. Um, and I think that's a big part of, of a company is it's its culture, what they believe in. Are they the same beliefs that you have? Um, at our company, you know, we totally believe in um, our customer success, that there always needs to be transparency. Um, we need equality in everything that we do. And for those reasons, they understand how important their employees are, and they have some of the best employees in the whole world working there because of those values. Um you know, one of the things that has been a topic that just came up at work in the last, probably in the last week or two, I've been asked to speak on a panel, and the panel's just talking about the job that I have and then the different careers that people have made out of that. I'm a solution engineer, meaning that I help provide solutioning for the products that we sell. And I've been in the same position since 2008, and we're in 2020. So in the last 12 years, I haven't changed jobs. I've changed customers that I work with. I've had different managers along the way, but I've been in the same position. And a lot of people that started in 2008 when I started have gone on to big leadership jobs. They've done different things. And it's really interesting that, you know, people will ask me, my different managers each year when we do career planning, what do you want to do? I'm like, I'm okay where I am right now. And for them to say that's okay. I mean, obviously there's certain people that are younger than I am and they're climbing their career, just like you and I were back in our twenties, Carol. But when I got into my forties and I had all these balls in the air, I really needed to be able to say, it's okay that I don't keep trying to get my best life for my success of my career. There's other things I need to focus on. And what I'm finding now as Ashley's getting ready to go off to college, Ken is retired and I'm still taking care of mom and dad, but the balls are getting fewer. So then I can focus more on me. And if I choose to keep climbing that ladder that I can do so, but have management that's supportive to say, it's okay for you to be where you are in your life at this time. And it's funny how, when I've told this story to others, there's so many other women, especially that have children that are in careers that were like, you could almost hear them let the air out and go, I feel the same way. (laughs) So it's something that I'm actually having conversation with management that I think we really need to talk more about it, that there comes a time that you just don't want to grow you need to stay where you are, do a really great job at what you do. But, you know, the other part of your life outside of work comes into play. And so from a development um, perspective, I know you mentioned there were people who came into the organization at the same time that you did around 2008. Mm-hmm. And they've gone on to, you know, successful, uh, larger leadership roles. Do you feel that 
the company has supported them in living their best life? Or do you think that it was really more of those individuals having a vision for their best life and going after it? Or the company set the stage and provided a culture where they could pursue their best life or both? I think it's probably both. Now, you've got to remember back in 2008 when I took this technology job, there weren't a lot of women in the job that I'm in. There was just a few handful. There's a, you know, we're making more inroads. There's a lot more women doing what I do now, but for probably seven or eight years, I was the only woman on the team of eight or 10 people. Um, so that's come a long way. Um, and I think our company's always given you the option. If, if you want to go and do bigger things, create your new job and go for it right? Now, not every company does that. You kind of have a ladder that you have to go up. And I think a lot of the people that I worked with may have been the sole provider of their family. So they were trying to climb the ladder, make more money, uh, do bigger and better things. And again, everybody's best life is their best life, right? It's not my best life. It's all different for everyone. So I think it just all depends on where you are. Do you have the gumption to go off and get it? And, and what do you want? And at, at my point was, I love my job. I love working with the customers that I work with. I just didn't feel a need that that time I could keep climbing the ladder, take on more responsibility and more stress and keep everything in the air at home, if that makes sense. So it's a good thing that I was able to do. And, you know, in all of those 10 years, I also was battling cancer. So I had a company that was, you know, saying, you know, take care of you first. And then, you know, I came back and it was a little bit slow coming back, but they were fine with it. I still gave it my best while still handling all the balls, you know, um, it's so things hit you. You don't know when it's going to hit you and you got to take it in stride and keep on going. And, you know, I'm happy to say everything's great today. And, you know, thank goodness I had a great company that supported me throughout the whole process. I think that's a great, a great testimony because I can remember there was a time when, you know, you and your husband were on like two different continents, you know, and you would meet in another country for dinner or something, you know, and it was really, you know, a, a crazy, um, well, crazy to me, not crazy to you. (laughs) (laughs) There's a, there's a, you know, a lot going on and a lot of real big balls up there in, in the air, you know what I mean? And, but you managed it all. And so, and, you know, and I think that's commendable. So any other thoughts in terms of, external factors and how you manage those external factors when you're sandwiched between the children and the elderly parents? You know, I think another part of it is just, you know, taking care of yourself. So one of the things that, you know, I try to do whenever I can, not every day, I wish it was, but, you know, go for a long walk. And when I say go for a walk, I mean, go for a walk, like unplug, no music, no pep talks or anything like that. And I find I talk to myself a lot. Um, but I think the, the long walks just help you decompress and, you know, A, your blood's flowing, but B, clearing your head, just, you know, being present, you know, did a bird fly by? What was that noise? What does that smell? You know, just taking in all of that to try to, you got to just get away from it for a little bit. And whether it's going for a long walk, a lot of times, you know, for me, 
you know, just a simple haircut, a pedicure, go to the spa every now and then you, you've got to really try to take care of you. And I know that if I take care of me, then I can take care of others better. Unfortunately, I don't always do what I say, but the more that I can do that, I find I'm more joyful and more peaceful and all the things that we've talked about before. All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Angela, for going deep on an issue that so many of us deal with every single day. And so often we don't talk about a lot of these factors because we feel guilty about perceiving our children, our spouses, or our parents, you know, as barriers, quite frankly, as living our, you know, our best lives. And so Angela's returning next week where we're going to discuss part three of this discussion. And we will, we will address some steps that you as listeners can move forward with in trying to live your best life. I'm Carol Isom Barnes, and I thank you for joining us today. We look forward to you tuning in with us next week. Mm-hmm.